Greetings program, hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 55. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my lively, intelligent, and charismatic guest co-host, Tierney Steele. Welcome, Tierney. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Happy to be somewhere <laughs> not inside a dark nighttime computer. Woohoo! Not locked inside <laughs> the grid somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name's Tierney Steele. I am a writer, a librarian, and definitely a podcaster. I am currently releasing my fourth Movies by Minutes podcast. Wow. So I've talked about Return to Oz, The NeverEnding Story, The Movie Mash, and now I'm covering Joe versus the Volcano. So even oh, though, excellent. yeah, yeah, Joe vs. Volcano is 1990, MASH was 1970, but I think it's very clear that the 80s are my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then these other movies are the yard around my wheelhouse of, and actually Return to Oz is Disney. So Disney live action films that kind of convinced the studio that maybe this was a bad idea. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> this is going terribly. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a handful of those they really gave it a shot but i think they're like oh boy this isn't gonna work and then they, they had to revert i but, i will give them credit they kept going they kept trying they sure like, did different yeah things yeah they really did I, I think my favorite is their sort of little family horror genre they were trying to put together yes! for a while <laughs> you know like something wicked this way comes and like uh the watcher in the woods and black hole it was like these are very scary films to take the whole family to, you know. But... <laughs> do you uh, do you remember the first time that you saw Tron? So that is a hard question to answer. Um, yeah. The first time I saw Tron, sat down, and watched the movie Tron was within the past decade. <laughs> right, yeah. But... I certainly had seen it and was aware of it. And I don't know if you remember, but on the Disney videos, they used to have kind of like extended commercials where all oh, of a yeah? it would be, it would be flashing, you know, clips or movies very quickly. And then all of a sudden you would land on one that was like a whole minute. And so Return to Oz, I was very acquainted with them um, getting the gump to fly because that was an extended commercial on my Disney videotapes. And I had seen it oh, 7 okay. billion times. And Tron is another one. When he first goes into the computer, the watch it. Um, and, and there's something, the, um, Gialisi, there were like two scenes from Tron that like, I'd seen the whole scene at the end. Right. Of yeah. Every time I watched Robin Hood or Mary Poppins, huh. um, and my dad was an IT guy. So yeah. Tron was something that I've been aware of my entire life. But I bet, yeah. did not actually watch the movie Tron until until I lived in Boston and I just hit 11 years here. So it's got to have been since then. <laughs> right. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, I was really proud of myself. I um, was dating and I'm now married to someone who was like, hey... Remember the movie Tron? And I'm like, yeah, sort of. And this was before Tron Legacy was announced. And yeah. it was almost impossible to find a DVD. Like, DVDs of Tron were going for $100 on eBay. Oh, like, no way. It was really crazy. Huh. Because no one was releasing, you know, like, 
who cared? And then, of course, Legacy was announced and Tron was everywhere again. And now there's Disney yeah. Plus, whatever. But I was in a used store and I found one for like 15 bucks or whatever. And I was like, this is amazing. And I got it for him. And I was like, <laughs> I win, girlfriend of the year. I found <laughs> Tron. And so we sat down and watched it. And I remember definitely being like, huh, I don't know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> I thought I did, yeah. but I do yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you'd seen the clips and so. Yeah. yeah. And it's really funny because I, I haven't watched it that often, but I've seen it multiple times. Every single time when I start up the movie, I'm like, wait, what's going on again in this movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I'm good. always checking to be like, wait, did it skip a scene? Like, did I, I, ju- I know I just saw the opening credits, but surely I must have missed some information. It's like, nope, that's just how the movie starts. <laughs> Yeah, it drops you right in. It's uh, one of the good things about it. Yeah, that was uh, well, a long time ago for you, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw it when it came out in the theaters, and I've uh, seen it over the years ever since. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, it's not as it's it's fun asking people that question because I don't think we've had anyone on who saw the original Tron after they saw Legacy, but um, okay. a lot of people haven't seen the original Tron until recently. And a few of the older co-hosts have been like, oh yeah, I saw it in the theaters when it came out. And yeah. so it's, uh, but it's, it had such a life on video that a lot of people, that's where they saw it. They never saw it in the theaters, but yeah. um, they saw it 50 times on, on video. It was like one, of, it was one of the two, videotapes or dvds that they would like always rent when they went to the video store Mm -hmm. kind of thing so i think i'm really showing my age in that then because tron just barely predates me but i definitely did not see it in theaters that would have been impossible and when i was growing up it was the disney animated movies everyone had the run and then you have like one or two live action ones like sure I, i didn't own return to oz but i had I had Mary Poppins. My best friend had the Escape from Witch Mountain. Like, you know, it was very rare. And we were all too young to have latched on to Tron. Sure, yeah. And by the time we were old enough to be like, oh my God, this is amazing, it had kind of disappeared from the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can dig that. Yeah. All right. Well, I, well, let's go over. Let's see what. Let's uh, go over what happens in this in this minute. Sure. Let's see what happens in minute fifty-five here. Uh, this is what Flynn's user powers activate the cave. It rises into the air, and a great, great gosh almighty, we see that it is indeed a pile of rubble from a recognizer, and the recognizer forms, and it's blue instead of the usual red. And there's a comedic reveal to the fact that it is, in fact, a little damaged and not at 100%. So that's what happens here. So Ram wakes up to all the beeping and synthing and electronic sounds going on, looking around in bewilderment. He doesn't... I, one of the things about this scene is that Ram doesn't look very wounded here. He doesn't look very damaged. And I think maybe it could have benefited uh, narratively from some sort of... I don't know, energy bleed or whatever it is that programs have in their veins, some sort of bruising or glitching or something to show that he's damaged. Literally anything. Literally anything. That's a note I had for the next minute, to be fair. But I I definitely feel that. Yeah, I... uh, This is the real user power minute. And that is why I started laughing because it's so silly, but also wonderful. 
I yeah. love the recognizer coming together. Like I said, my yeah. dad was an IT guy in the 80s. And so I grew up, he had the laptop that was literally a briefcase. And I okay, grew up cool. learning phonics with Reader Rabbit and all that stuff. And so this felt right, like in my heart, <laughs> watching yeah. the recognizer built. And the foot falling off, I think it's hilarious. It's very and funny. It, it's Was it Pixar or THX? It, was, it had to have been THX. Where it would do its like boot up noise and then it would glitch and you like it was supposed to sound like someone hit it and then it would finish. Have I completely oh, that might that, that might have been. They might have done that in one of them. I think there was one. Yeah, where maybe it might be the one where the, I think a little robot comes out and repairs it. Yes, 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 yes. It comes like out of the X and fixes things. Yeah, and then it yes. goes back and like it startles when the noise goes yeah that's right that's right oh i'm so glad i did not imagine that (laughs) no he's there he uh they just released a thx uh id that is kind of like a time-lapse amalgam of all of the thx ids Mm. where the camera goes back and swoops around all these giant letters and jungles and stuff like that but it's got the little helper robot and a bunch of different of the uh, all the different ones they've had and then it comes in in the end but in the in the comment section in the bottom there's people that are like oh the little helper robot yeah i miss him he was my favorite so you definitely didn't imagine it he's he exists yes oh it's always reassuring it's hard doing these podcasts where you're like wait maybe i remember this and you just know people are screaming at their phones or their cars (laughs) or whatever and you're like i'm sorry i'm dumb yeah you're like uh what was that called who was that actor oh geez hmm and you just know someone is losing their mind out there yeah (laughs) yeah well that's (laughs) i was looking at notes for this minute and i i really i realized like i don't really have a lot of thoughts on jeff bridges and i'm sure a lot of people know a lot more about him i just could not get over how young he looks in this movie yeah he's quite young he's like quite he's young here. he's act- he's recognizably jeff bridges in a lot of it but yeah. especially once they he goes into the grid it's like whoa okay are you 12 who are you <laughs> well he got to start pretty young like i think he was only like 18 or something on like the last picture show and that was five or six years before this that was 77, I think, and this was 82. So, yeah, he got he got in yeah. there uh, as a young man. And this and this is early for him. I have a confession to make. What's that? Um, I have to actively thank Jeff Bridges or Kurt Russell. Hey, I don't know sure. what movie blind spot that is, but they are just similar enough, and their careers parallel each other just yep. enough that i was like oh yep. i can talk about how i guessed it on escape from new york and i'm like no you can't that's not relevant <laughs> it's a totally different actor well they're both affable they're both charming they both have that kind of i don't know almost good old boy kind of thing someone talked about there was one of jeff bridge's body double for his entire career is this cowboy from texas and they've maintained a really solid friendship for the entire 50 years that they've known each other he's in he's in this movie this guy okay um and uh he's like one of the other programs in the lineup when they're getting lectured by sark (laughs) at the beginning but he says that jeff bridges used to be kind of a surfer boy and then over time some surmise because of his close contact with his uh, Texas best friend body double, he's sort of morphed into more of a cowboy. Hmm. 
you know he's gone from like surfer boy to cowboy and that's not a parallel i think if you want to differentiate yourself between kurt russell and uh jeff bridges that's that's one way to do it for me because i don't think because kurt russell never went full cowboy he's almost like i don't know uh director producer's note here i'd like to issue a huge correction uh Kurt Russell has indeed gone full cowboy many a times, not only in uh, arguably in The Hateful Eight and uh, Bone Tomahawk, but he played, oh, I don't know, someone named Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, uh, among others. So I, I stand deeply corrected, and I'm so sorry. I'm sure a lot of you sat up in your chairs and went, what? So there you go. My apologies. He has gone full cowboy stunt race car driver or something this still but i really baseball I, yeah more of a job like if you'd a cat if you'd a cast kurt russell in this role instead of jeff bridges i don't think that would be that different of a film it would be a, a, a recognizably different film but maybe not a total 180 or a totally different film it would have been somewhat the hair would similar, flop so I, slightly differently <laughs> <laughs> yeah t- t- slightly different flop of hair for sure <laughs> Um, so my main thing in trying to figure out this minute before it's before the recognizer, which I think that's why I wanted to start off. It's not a negative thing, but I wanted to start off with really positive, like, ah, oh, the recognizer, the blue recognizer missing its foot. It's the yeah. best. So I mentioned like every time I put on this movie, it drops you right in and I'm totally confused. That kind of happens to me throughout the movie. And this is definitely one of those okay. scenes where I'm like. Oh. What is he actually doing, though? Like, I get that he's not yeah. supposed to know how he's doing exactly what he's doing. That's part of the fun, watching yeah. him discover it. And he's, you know, happy with what he's doing. He's figuring out. But when he's like, oh, the user, you know, Ram says you're not supposed to be able to do that. But yeah. never is it explained what he's actually like, doing, how he's actually yeah, doing, he's why doing. this happened. Yeah. And, I get if the scene started that way, I could write it off. But it is always yeah. like that. And it's yeah, it a just few keeps different on plot going. points where I'm like, I am watching this movie. I am a very intelligent person. Like, not to toot my own horn. I do not get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like Ram's right there. Right? Yeah. Like, if you need an expository paragraph of like, Wow, you're using your own energy to assemble the recognizer. Yes! That's not something that you, that that people should be able to do. Like he's that that line is just it's lying right on the carpet there for you to pick up. It's yeah, right I there. Just... So I can I can definitely dig that because he's kind of like, wow, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Like what? What am I not supposed to be able to exactly. do? Exactly. I... Like I get that they're they're building up the user thing for the rest of future things for realizations yeah, yeah. about users, but yeah. and like. Him yelling, you know, let's see some real user power is hilarious. But, like, what's the user power? <laughs> yeah, what is the user sense. power? Well, that that's something they don't really go into in either Legacy or this film. And I think that they insinuate, to me, they insinuate that the user power is hope and improvisation and free thought. Which to within the confines of a computer is chaos, which is why the powers that be, the logical powers that be, are very much against a user being a fly in the ointment in there. But um, but other than that, yeah, yeah, water is water is literal. And like Flynn doesn't know what he's doing when he's doing it. 
No. He has no idea that he's assembling a replicate. Like, y- you know what I mean? I need a little bit more here of what's happening. Well, this then they try to do it with some of the colors here. Like, like one thing I think, well, just to go back a little bit, like it would have been neat to see maybe, maybe, um, maybe Ram glitching a bit, like in Spider-Verse, like the guys that, uh-huh. you know, like some sort of Max Hedrum-y entity kind of a thing, maybe that would have been, that would have been pretty cool. But I don't know how, maybe it wouldn't have been good to do. <laughs> but we'll never but know. But yeah, what they're like, we'll never know. When Flynn says, like, he says, you see this, and he's still freaking out at what's going on. Yeah. I think, uh. It's not all blue in the shapes that are lighting up and coming to life. Like some of them are purple. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. since you, recognizers are usually red, I think they're trying to imply that the red is still struggling for dominance as it's taken over by Flynn's blue user power. And I I don't know, maybe it would have been more complicated narratively if they had a whole new color. I guess it would have been, I, it would have been yeah. tempting to make the users white you know, like in Legacy, like make them glow white or something like that. Oh, but, yeah, I could see that. But one yeah. thing, like in the in the in the novelization, uh, there's a there's a novelization of this one. But in the novelization, the uh, energy leaps from Flynn's fingertips, like Emperor electricity style, okay. to uh, to all the different components around the recognizer, turning them on. Okay. So it's not it's not just like the shape under his hand glows for a couple seconds and then the whole place comes to life. It's like you can actually see electricity going from his hand turning on that wall, Mm. that engine, that dashboard. And that would have been maybe a little more clear. I mean, if you want to do complete, like it really looks like they went for a show don't tell angle, but uh, it's confusing when, you know, you're like, okay, but yeah, but what are you showing? This (laughs) is really... This is really cool. This is so it cool. It looks but gorgeous. What's 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 going on? But I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> and it's yeah, supposed to be such sure. a like, aha, they assembled a replicator. But again, I keep going back to like, but Flynn doesn't know he did that. Like, he has no idea. And so, yeah, I feel like there could have been a little bit more <laughs> to that. Yeah, like it would have been cool to see the panels all light up red first. Mm. right and then stutter and struggle and then like turn blue to show that sort of flynn's flynn's there's a there's a there's a contest going on yeah and we see at the end like the purple within the grips like there's there's a lot you could do with this i like your idea of like even just showing like a piece at a time that it's you know because literally i mean Jeff Bridges, I just almost said Kurt Russell. Jeff Bridges literally just kind of like moves his hands around a little bit and yeah, cut to yeah. the outside. Well, and also you got to remember that they're just, um, this is one of the first movies that was ever fil- filmed in like a black room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, guys, off in the distance over there is the most incredible thing you've ever seen. And act. <laughs> and they're like, uh... Okay, and you can see whenever there's three people in a row, mm-hmm. uh, they all have a slightly different reaction. You know, like one of them looks a little scared, <laughs> one of them looks a little excited, one of them looks like childlike wonder, and you're like, ah, you're all interpreting a very general direction here. You know, you can yeah, you can see that, and, and you can sort of see that here too. He's yeah. just kind of moving his hands around, like I, I guess I'm activating the room. I, a lot of times. 
sometimes you can play that off, especially for Flynn's character. I think that actually kind of works well because he doesn't. And that's my thing. He doesn't know what he's doing at this point. He is just moving his hands around. And that's where I feel like a little bit more fleshing out of this would have really helped everyone. Would have helped the, the movie viewer and the actors to be like, yeah. okay, I mean, I'm just moving my hands around, but this is what it's doing. And it's very clear yeah. that he does not know. <laughs> yeah. And again, like when I, in a similar way, like as a kid, I just figured this was a blue recognizer. Hmm. You know, like it's not until now that I'm thinking about it, that it's a red recognizer, but it's only blue because Flynn is taking it over. This is a real, yeah. a real u- a unicorn recognizer because you're like, there's no such thing as a blue recognizer. <laughs> what is this? Whoa. And, uh, but that doesn't come across at all. I just, I'm like, oh, it's a, I guess there's blue ones, but it's just like, I'm talking like right now doing this podcast. I'm like, oh. Oh, I guess he's taking it over with user yeah. power, and that's why it's so blue. It, so it could yeah, be they, anything. Like, it could have been. It could have been a lot clearer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I love um the recognizers. I live by Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts, and okay, there are two super geeky connections that we love. There is a tower bridge thing. I don't know what it actually is, but it looks exactly like the replicators and when legacy came out i know that was a big thing going around the internet like oh my god look at this airport thing it looks just and they're huge i mean it's it's a building and then they also from a different angle if it's gray out they look exactly like atats on hoth oh nice so wow i want to i want to see those yeah i want to see if i can find Replicator, Logan, or recognizer, or recognizer. Sorry, that would be helpful. Although, that would be cool if there was a replicator in Logan Airport. That would be great. (laughs) Shout out to Star Trek. Then we've got a third geeky connection. That would be really cool. Uh, Uh, Yeah. So So go ahead. (laughs) Oh no worries. Ram's kind of freaking out about here. He's like, you shouldn't be able to do that, even though it hasn't been defined what exactly that Flynn is doing. But I can really dig that Ram's freaking out because he's mortally wounded and suddenly his friend is showing impossible powers. He's probably wondering if he's hallucinating. Yeah. You know, like if a friend of mine just started floating or growing extra limbs or glowing or something mm-hmm. like that, but wasn't really reacting to it with the level of shock and panic that I'd expect them to, I'd start to question my reality. And I think that's <laughs> where Ram, I think that's where Ram is at here because he's watching his friend do something impossible, but his friend is just like, whoa, that's neat. <laughs> he's like, no, you don't understand, right? This is, so, this is a whole thing. This is a whole thing. Yeah. I guess, okay, well, just, here's a question, just as an aside, mm-hmm. um, like just speaking of things, of doing things that can't happen, have you ever uh, like wished for, do you have like a standing wish for a superpower or a magical ability? Ooh. Like ever since you were a kid, you've always wanted to X, you know, or anything like that? I can't really say that I've had a standing wish. I think I just kind of... From a very young age, I realized that I wanted a whole bunch of different things. It's a hard <laughs> and one that to that answer. wouldn't work very well. Um, 
So for superhero powers, it's like, ah, oh, it'd be really cool to be invisible, but not all the time. Just in this specific yeah. situation. Or I want to be yeah. able to read minds, but then the minute you think that through, you're like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I'm actually good. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, a friend of mine said, I used to wish I was psychic, but Twitter and Facebook cured me of that. Per- yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, like that that's the nail on the head that, right there yeah, yeah that's a really good point point. and i i used to run into it with what i wanted to do and i used to joke i needed to become an actress because i wanted to do all these different things and it was like well you can't be an astronaut and you know whatever the other thing was because like because the time it would take you to do one thing you won't have time to do the other and i think that's yeah, what i kind of sure. run into superpowers where it's like i I kind of like the superheroes that have, like, a bunch of crazy powers, <laughs> I think, for that yeah. reason. Um, yeah, sure. Although, uh, I will say, I always, even as a kid, um, Batman is my favorite superhero because okay, I was cool. like, he doesn't actually have any superpowers. He just works really hard. And now as an adult, I'm like, and is yeah. super rich. But uh, as a kid, I was like, yeah. he just yeah. has all the toys and he's a superhero, even though he has no powers. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's smart and he's got drive. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But also money. <laughs> yeah, but also money. Yeah. What was I saw a good cartoon of uh, Iron Man and Batman having a money fight while Spider <laughs> Spider Man's in between them, like scrabbling up all the dollar bills as he's just trying to collect all the money. I thought that was pretty true. Oh man! But all right, okay. Well, back back yeah. to Tron. Um, back to Tron. Uh, yeah, thing, Flynn looks. But another thing that well, kind sorry, of confused me. No, I I yeah. realized it's with the user thing. I never noticed it before this watching, so thank you for having me on so that you could ruin that, and now I can't not notice it. <laughs> Flint's the only one with that little half t-shirt thing, right? Yeah, he's got, well, he's still, in the timeline of the movie, he's still brand new, because he just got there, and it looks like the new recruits all have that half sash, oh, uh, half toga okay. uh, thing going on. I thought so it everybody was supposed is... to like represent that he is that little bit of humanity that no one else does. But Maybe from kidding. a costuming standpoint, it might have been, but it's more just a gladiatorial. Uh, they're they're fresh fish in the gladiatorial arena, and they just got there, and that's their sort of slave uniform almost, or whatever. Like before gotcha. they get they, after they've been through a few games, they earn armor, they earn. I don't know, whatever, better protection. Or they can just say, hey, this is worth nothing, and they take it off. But that's why <laughs> that's why Ram and uh, Ram and Tron don't have it, because it's just, just something that Flynn has. Gotcha. But I it, really it also like the idea some... of a gladiator being like, this does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this does. Oh, I think I'll take off this linen. <laughs> it does nothing. It's not know. even a whole shirt. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the scarf. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so yeah, Flynn is still like looking at Ram like, oh, shouldn't I be able to do that? Huh? Yeah. That's weird. And then, uh, the Wendy Carlos music kicks in hard, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Flynn stands up with a smile on his face and Ram is still panicking on the ground. And then, yeah, Flynn says kind of out of nowhere, this seems like he says now for some real user power, but it does kind of look like a post-production ADR line that they added off screen. Like it was maybe added after the fact to clarify. (laughs) 
it, yeah, it's 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 put there to clarify what you and I were talking about that it's it, it's trying to sort of insinuate even more without coming out and actually saying it that Flynn is literally powering up the recognizer, and it's not just the res- recognizer like turning on randomly, you know. Yeah. And I will Maybe say for all that I'm making fun of this, that you know, like now for some really that does seem to fit the guy we met back in the arcade. Yeah. Like like sure, his interactions a, yeah. in the real world it it feels right. Like there are some lines in this minute and the next minute where I'm like no human being would say that. Except we met a human being and he did say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then we get this uh this is I guess what they call a hero shot. <laughs> we get uh, like he stands with his uh you know his his feet wide on the the virtual pedals he really seems to know what he's doing here which is pretty interesting and he, he spreads his hands out but then we get this fantastic sequence where the camera does that 360 degrees tracking shot around the rim of the i guess the garbage can or garbage area that they're on and uh stares up as the cave rises into the sky and all the different pieces of the recognizer rise up assembling magically into this big blue recognizer with damage to both of its pincer struts. The music swells and then comedically pitches down as the bottom of one of the stabilizer struts snaps and dangles before dropping off completely with a creak and a bang as the last bit of the recognizer slips into place. This uh, ship is not 100%. Bit of a junk ship. I remember laughing at this moment in the theater when I first saw it. I was not expecting a comedic beat here at all because they go for so much coolness in the movie. They they Mm -hmm. really go for like a cool factor throughout all of it to have like this kind of comedic beat was a real, a real sucker punch. And it it worked. (laughs) I laughed a lot. I remember. It's all working together. The visual. And like you said, the music change really sells it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It like swells in beauty and then whoops. No. (laughs) Is funny. But it doesn't dampen Flynn's enthusiasm, so nope. that works. <laughs> He's still lost in wonder and thought as he steps towards the controls. Yeah. Uh, the controls are a bit weird. You've got that kind of a straight edge hourglass shape with like a, I guess just a seesaw sticking through the neck of it, and then a like a beer tap sticking out of the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really complicated. It's like, do I need? Is the is the bit in the middle for my mouth? Or do we do I need three hands? How does this how does this work? It doesn't seem like a very ergonomically designed way to control a ship, but he knows mm-hmm. because he's like, oh, uh, this is just well the the minute cuts off, yep. everybody's like, oh, this is just like the old. But he he really recognizes it yeah. and uh, steps forward, and but still he's really not paying attention to uh, Ram, and Ram is losing his mind in the background. <laughs> He's really, really not into what's going on. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch the contrast between the two. Between Ram flipping out and Flynn being like, this is awesome! Yeah, yeah. I like to uh, do a little bit of compare the differences between the novel and the screenplay Mm -hmm. uh, when we get to the uh, the end of the minute. In the I talked a little bit about how in the novel energy leaps from Flynn's hands to the different components as they're activating the different parts of it. But also the whole room is shaking and banging as it comes to life, like an Hmm. earthquake, uh, which I guess they couldn't do on the actual set. And they didn't want to just shake the camera around because those were 
65 millimeter cameras that weighed like 900 pounds and mm -hmm. uh, well i'm exaggerating they weighed a lot <laughs> and uh also any kind of shake or anything like that resulted in the actors being blurred mm. and that would uh that would make it really hard to remove the background without creating a hard black line around them gotcha yeah so i was uh, i was reading the trivia for this movie and i was really fascinated by talking I, I want to go back and rewatch it now because they were saying how little the camera moves and it's yeah, because of that. Up. And they were saying at one, there are some scenes where it literally was like, they would put it on a tripod, like nail that in place and then go and act, just act in yeah. front of it. Very old yeah, school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old school, but it was also, it was their decision to, it was, it was because of the camera. Like yeah. the 65 millimeter camera needs a ton of light, mm -hmm. which is totally fine when you're filming Lawrence of Arabia in the desert. <laughs> But when you're filming inside a literally a black room, you're like, oh, man. So they had to somehow wash the entire stage with light so that the actors would stand out. But they had to also not light the background at all. Oh, my God. So from a, from a lighting from a lighting standpoint, they, the, the lighter guy had his work cut out for him. And he really did a good job considering that challenge. That seems yeah. like, okay, light this, but don't light it. But light it. But don't light it. <laughs> But also light it. But also don't light it. You know, like, what? No, I, I explain because the more you describe that, the more it really is. It's like going back to the start of motion pictures in service yeah. of the next leap forward. Because it would be Boy, that cam the motion picture camera would be set up in one place. You would act in front of it. And you would be in, like, basically a giant greenhouse because they needed the light. That's why Hollywood became the place because it had more daylight than New York. And right, it, sure. Like, it, it's that exact same setup, but in the service of doing this incredibly technologically advancedly <laughs> forward. Yeah. That's and they beautiful. Even filmed all the, and they, filmed, they, they even filmed all these sequences in black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, my God. Right? So that's... It's just, yeah, it's like they're filming a 1930s talkie or something, you know. And, but they're doing it in the, yeah, like you said, in the name of doing the next level of filmmaking. Oh, That's my a wonderful God. way of looking at it. But it's also, at the same time, so many of the Star Wars and Marvel blockbusters right now are filmed with actors in a green room looking at mm -hmm. nothing, being told what they're looking at. And this was, uh, that's sort of very current as well as very old. So, yeah. It's excellent. Ah. Uh, so in the novel, he also says, uh, Ram says, we're inside a recognizer. You can't steal a recognizer. <laughs> so that that's like, okay, now we're getting a bit more mm -hmm. ex exposition. But then uh, Flynn laughs and says, are you kidding? I think it's stealing us. Did you see this? And, uh, you know, he also says that the ship comes alive with vivified systemry. Which I thought is a really neat turn of phrase. Hmm. And also he's marveling at it a little bit because he designed this vehicle for space paranoids. You know, okay. so it's a trip it's a trip for him to be inside of one, which is sort of a bit of a disconnect because if he designed them, he should be a whiz at piloting it immediately. Right? But hmm. whatever. Also in the book the uh the the recognizer isn't damaged and there's no comedic beat there so that was added just for the film okay well i'm glad we got that even if we had to lose i feel like that line from ram would have taken so little time to say 
and would not just have a... contrasted at all with the other things he's doing this minute. Like, yeah. that I'm not as sold on the it's stealing us because I like the idea no. that, you know, they're not just along for the ride. The whole point is that yeah. Flynn is doing this. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't think it would have taken that long. And then at least we would have known why Flynn, like, knows how to put the puzzle pieces together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Uh, and then uh, in the screenplay, we get the... In, in the novel, they walk into the cave and it starts to ignite around them. Okay. But in the screenplay, we get the, the there's that falling asleep fade to black moment that uh, we didn't we that we get in the movie. Hmm. And then uh, oh, it's it's again, it's a different way of waking up the recognizer. Flynn stands up and he reaches up to stretch, and his hands almost touch the ceiling, and sparks shoot out from his hands against the ceiling, and that's the start of the <sighs> uh, the sequence. And I the like recognizer's. That a lot. Uh, yeah right that's a good natural way for it to start and then the recognizer stands up whatever that means it doesn't assemble in parts uh Mm. i guess maybe it's sort of like it was on its back and it just levers up into a standing (laughs) position frankenstein style i guess (laughs) and it uh it also mentions that the recognizer has a static overlay and that it's partially derezzed so that's kind of a, a neat thing to try to imagine as well that they didn't they didn't yeah. go with that for this, but you, you I know. guess you can't do that. And the foot, you know, like they're kind of accomplishing the same thing of why this replicator was was here for the stealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a garbage pile. This is mm-hmm. a this is a a junkyard, basically. I guess of just parts. Yeah. One thing they talk about in the in the creators' commentary is that the CG parts were actually easy compared to the live action. Uh, stuff that they did right because every frame has like 15 layers so mm. they have to like do all this wild post post-production yeah. processing to each frame that has a person in it mm-hmm. but the straight cd shots were like still groundbreaking but it was just render it out film yeah. it okay yeah. okay we're good <laughs> <laughs> no, whereas the rest is like what have we done <laughs> uh i guess that takes us to the end of minute 55 Oh. At the end of the minute, I usually like to uh, ask the host, you know, where can people find you if they want to hear more of you? Uh, uh, and if you want to do like, you know, if you want to do that three times, we can do that three <laughs> times or we can save it for the last I can minute. Whatever. Plug a different show every day. No, uh, the easiest way yeah, to find exactly. me is to check out One Steel Sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. I have a dot com, com that has links to everything. And that's nice. my handle on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. That's a good way to do it. I'm going to have to do that. Something like that. Centralization. To, right? One-stop shopping. That's the way it's got to be. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at tronologicallyspeaking.com or drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking. Send us an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, shout out to Pond 5 for the opening and closing music. And special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to moviesbyminutes.com and see if your favorite movie is there. And if it isn't, consider doing one yourself. It's a very inclusive and encouraging community in my experience. Uh, at the end of the minute, I like to do a little 
end of line on three. You want to do that together? Oh, sure. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, uh, end of line. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just say end of line. All right. One, two, three. End of line. End of line. Oh, nailed it. Perfect. Excellent.